0: Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host Tony Fry. Whoops. Okay, stop that. I'm just going to leave it in. I'm not editing this. Like I was saying before I was rudely interrupted by my own soundboard. I am Tony Fry. This is Kinks and Beats Daily. This is episode 206. And today we are talking about the song Strangers by The Kinks. Um I don't know if you listened to yesterday's show, but instead of just doing random songs like we've done for the first 204 episodes, I'm thinking I'm going to round out the the rest of the albums. So we'll take, you know, an album and, and look at each song on it day by day by day. And I'll still alternate between Beatles and Kinks every day. So yesterday we started our, our, our look at All Things Must Pass. Today we're going to start our look on, on Lola. And those two albums are going to be concurrently explored over the next, I don't know, couple weeks, I guess, since we have a lot of songs to cover for uh, All Things Must Pass. The interesting thing, and kind of the reason I did this for, the, for to start off, is All Things Must Pass and Lola versus Power Man and the Money Go Round Part 1, which is the album that Strangers appears on, are both released on the same day. They were both in the United Kingdom, released November 27th, 1970. And that is one heck of a day for rock and roll music in my book. Two phenomenal albums. Two albums among the best um, in catalogs that are incredible. Uh, this track was written by Dave Davies. It's one of the two compositions he contributed to the album. And for many fans, including myself, this is Dave's masterpiece. This is just a stunning, beautiful well-constructed song and uh i can't think of anything and this is kind of the mark that i use as someone who makes music um there's nothing i would change you know that happens a lot with the two bands that we explore on this podcast the reason they're so great is because they get it perfect so often but this one it's like there's not an element to it that's misplaced. There's not an element that's lacking. Everything is exactly where it needs to be. This is not one of those songs where I'm going to say, you know what, it's great, but it would have been greater with a guitar solo, or it's great, but it would have been greater without the background. There's nothing I would take or add to this song that would be an improvement. It's perfect as it is. This track has been covered by a lot of artists, so it's it's one of those things that even though it wasn't a hit on the radio, it's, uh, it's kind of the... The musicians' song, you know, this is the one that the fans of the band and fans of m- music gravitate towards because uh, it's been covered a bunch, and it was featured in the Wes Anderson movie Darjeeling Limited. And he's well known for using Kinks and Beatles music. Um, he's used a lot of Kinks. He's used a lot of like solo John Lennon. And uh, Wes, if you listen to this podcast, I'd love to have you on as a guest. Hint, hint. My email will be read at the end of this episode. Um, It's not really known for certain when this song was recorded, other than sometime between August and September of 1970. And as you know from listening to this podcast, that's something we have to deal with pretty frequently with the Kinks because they own their own studio, and um, there just wasn't as much meticulous uh, calendar-keeping as there are with the Beatles um, catalog. So we know that it was somewhere between August and September of 1970. And this whole matter is somewhat complicated because recording sessions for the soundtrack Percy were also taking place during this time. So Ray is writing the soundtrack to Percy. They are recording it. They're recording and mixing and mastering Lola. And it's all very um, crossed over. And if you listen to the soundtrack of Percy, which is on a couple editions of the lola album issued as a second bonus disc you hear that the band is in that lola mode the songs on percy sound like it could be lola you know part two Um, and that's the reason why they were literally consecutive um recording processes strangers was performed live though prior to the album's release the first date they performed it live was november 13th 1970 which was uh what's that two weeks ahead of the release so that would have been a cool one to hear live before you knew the song um lola was the first kinks album i ever purchased probably sometime in 1999 or early 2000 because i was working in a record store i was working the music department at barnes and noble Uh, And basically, back in that day, you could cash your paycheck right there in the cash register. So I would, on Fridays, work in the night shift, cash out my paycheck and spend almost all of it right there in the record store. And I've always had a distaste for greatest hits albums. So when I start diving into a band, I tend to pick out the albums that have songs on them that I know. So obviously I knew Lola because it was a radio hit and it was still being played on classic rock stations. Um, So I picked this one up. And I was immediately sold on the Kinks. By the end of, of Contenders, I was I was in. But when Strangers came on, I think that's what sealed the deal. That was a lifelong fan at that point. Because on top of being my favorite Dave song in the catalog, it ranks probably in the top 10 of my favorite Kinks songs, period. And I don't think I'm alone in saying that. This is not a hot take by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the build of the instrumentation throughout the song is so expertly done because it never gets too busy and it never gets too heavy and it holds your attention throughout it does build every verse gets a little bit bigger but it's not done in a way where by the end it's just like this cacophony and noise it's it's very artfully done and I also think this is one of um Dave's best vocal performances with the song that sits mostly in his middle range I mean, it does drift into higher range every now and then, but he isn't really forced into a falsetto. And his mid range on this type of song is really effective. It uh, opens. So, speaking of that build, we open with the simple acoustic guitars and Dave's voice. And as soon as the piano, or as soon as the voice enters, the piano comes in and joins him. And then on the second verse, we get some Hammond organ and vibraphone. And if you recall from yesterday's episode, there's some vibraphone work on the George Harrison's I'd Have You Anytime. So this was uh, uh, November, what was it? November 20th? 27th, 1970 was a big day for rock and roll vibraphone. And then uh, by the time the third verse comes in, the organ is a little heavier. And Mick Avery's simple, understated drumming is just like this continuous drone. And it really supports Dave's melody. If you listen to it, a lot of times he really hits the drums when Dave's got to go into the upper register. And I think it's that that kind of helps Dave hit some of those high notes without having to go into his falsetto. It's weird. Um, I can hit notes when I'm singing live that I can't hit when I'm talking to you on this podcast. And as you can hear, I'm kind of losing my voice. So it's I'm not hitting any high notes today regardless. But when you have a drummer behind you, who can support that bottom end. A lot of times it gives you that little, you know, maybe I get an extra couple notes on the high end before I've got to go into my head voice or whatever. And I think that's kind of what's happening here. Um, is that Mick Avery's drums are really supporting the vocal line more than anything. Cause it's not a standard rock drum. He's not doing four on the floor. There's no hi hat or ride cymbal work or anything. Uh, it's all, just underneath everything it's really it's a really cool drum part I think and it's cool that they how they let it the whole fade of the song is just that drum part but overall the whole build of that song like I said is just perfect the chord progression for this song um, is incredibly simple though and effective and the beauty of this whole progression lies with one particular chord which uh, we'll get to in a minute the uh, the song, at least the verses, well, the whole thing really, um, is written in the key of C. And we have that five chord, the G major, um, that opens the the uh, song where he's just doing it. And then he's in the one. That's your C chord, and it's just a simple one, four, five chord progression, and I know. A lot of people will hear that and think it's a blues. It's not a blues progression. It's just using those same chords. That's your tonic, which is the one, your subdominant, and your dominant. Those are your three most important chords in a key. And that's what he's using here. Very simple. This is uh, uh, about as simple as it gets. But halfway through the verse... Where he had been playing C to F to G, he changes it up, and now he's playing C to F to E major. And E major isn't a part of the key of C, but it is the dominant chord in A minor, which is the relative minor to C. So what that means, if you don't know, is that C major has no flats or sharps in it. It's all the white keys on the piano. right? So if you pick a C and you play all the white keys up to the next C, that's a major scale. A minor has the same key signature. No flats, no sharps. So if you pick an A and go all the white keys to the next A, it is an A minor uh, scale. So because those share the same key signature, they are called relative major, relative minor. So when Dave goes to this E chord, he's actually playing the dominant chord of the relative minor. Okay, And what I'm talking about, so throughout the whole thing he's been doing... does the E. And then from there he can shift to A minor. And see that feels, if you add that 7, which I think he is actually playing an E7 there. it resolves to that A minor. But he's not really establishing a key of A minor, because right out of that he goes to the F and then to the C. So really what he's doing is he's using that E chord and borrowing it to pivot so that that A minor chord really hits hard, but he's not actually changing the key. That A minor is not a new one, it's actually the six, if that makes any sense. Um, so uh, the cool thing about replacing that G chord with an E chord is how close the two chords are. And we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's episode with a different song. Both chords have an E. So we've got a G chord and an E major chord. Right? They don't sound alike, but they both have this B. All right? So we've got one constant note. And then instead of playing the G that he would play on a G chord, he's playing a G sharp. And then instead of playing a D where he would normally play a D, he's playing the E. Right? So now you've got this. It's a nice little transition. Uh, And it's a great hook. And I think that's the most important chord of this entire song is when he does hit that E chord. And then for the chorus, he pulls that E chord out again. But again, he's not really changing keys. He's just borrowing that E from the minor. So the chorus is like a 5 of 6 to 6 to four one five. So he's got the... 5, 1... So he's never really leaving the key of C. He's just borrowing that one chord. Um... I mean, there's not much more I can say about this track. Like I said, it's it's pretty simple, I mean, and that's not a diss. That's a compliment that you can make something this simple sound so good. And Dave, if you're listening, you know I love a lot of what you do, but this is the masterpiece. It's, it's truly beyond compare. And it's funny, for a band who rock as hard as anybody, many of their ballads are among my favorites, and this one is definitely near the top of that list, period. Ballad, rocker, rocker. You know, that doesn't mean anything. Just period. This is one of the best songs in the Kings catalog. It's just gorgeous. Um, So that's Strangers. Uh, If you want to follow us on Facebook, we have a Facebook group. We also have started, Hero Habit has started a Reddit page. You can follow on the subreddit r slash Hero Habit. Uh, And then, of course, you can email me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. Call me at 925-494-1739. And follow on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. It's all at herohabit. And if you uh, are just joining us recently, you can go and check out what the other 200-plus songs we've covered are by going to herohabit.com and checking out the podcast page where it's got everything cataloged that we've done so far. I don't mind i killed my world And I've killed my time So where do I go What do I see see many people Coming after me So where you go, to I don't mind If I live too long I ain't afraid, afraid I'll die So I will follow you Wherever if you offered hand is still open to me For Strangers on this world, we are one. We are not two, we are one Talk to you guys tomorrow. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com collect your heroes. What was the deal with that? Did you hear? was all over the place.